faithwire.com. Well, Joe Biden's approval numbers hit a new low as Trump teases a possible 2024 run. Today's Monday, November 8, 2021. I'm Dan Andros. We'll have this top story and more on today's 4 and 3 podcast from CBN's Faithwire. Four big stories, three things you need to know about them, all from a Christian perspective. That's what we do here. You can find us on iTunes. You can subscribe there. We're here Monday through Friday. We would love to have you uh, join us. And uh, joining me with a look at some stories coming up, Trey Gons, Phillips, and Billy Hallowell. What's going on, guys? Hey, hey, hey. So, um, yeah, so we're going to be talking about Chris Pratt because that news just never seems to end. Yeah. Um, but he is, it's gone in a good direction. He's talked about uh, turning to God and, and relying on his faith amidst all the backlash that he said left him pretty depressed. And his mother-in-law, Maria Shriver, is coming to his defense. So we'll have those details. Sounds good. And we are going to have a story. I don't know if you guys know this, but if Jesus were here today, he would be accused of being woke. I'm not sure if you got that memo, but we're going to be talking about Matthew Dowd, who's running as a Democrat uh, to try and become Texas's lieutenant governor. He tweeted that out. So we'll be talking about that. All right. uh, Looking forward to hearing that. We are going to start here in story number one with will Donald Trump run in 2024? That's a question that's looming. If everyone's not tackling it right now, they will have to at some point. So uh, why does this come up? Well, he reiterated uh, on Monday that he'll probably announce his decision on a run for the White House after the 2022 midterm elections. And he hinted that his choice would, quote, make a lot of people happy. Uh, He said, I'm certainly thinking about it and we'll see. I think a lot of people will be very happy, frankly, with the decision and probably will announce that after the midterm. So that's interesting because he's saying he's thinking about it, but then kind of says, indicates that it seems like he's already made a decision. So I'm not sure which it is. Uh, but this is uh, interesting timing because the comments come as President Joe Biden's approval rankings are actually tanking here at the moment. And so there's, it's exactly one year from today, by the way, guys, till the midterm elections. We got one year to go. And uh, according to the numbers, USA Today, Suffolk University, 30, there's a 37.8% approval rating for Biden with a 59% disapproval, more than 21 points underwater. And so 46% of those included in the survey said Biden has done a worse job than expected. And 64% say they don't want Biden to run for reelection. Um, So this is a very, very interesting development here as Biden and the media tried to tout a quote unquote huge victory with the infrastructure bill. And uh, we got to talk about that in a minute, guys, this infrastructure bill. I I don't get why these things are. I mean, it was about 10. What? How many Republicans were on it? Like 10 or 15? And it was like 13. Yeah, 13. And it's this every article I've seen is bipartisan, bipartisan. I mean, it's kind of like saying, is the Iraq, was the Iraq war bipartisan because there were like four Democrats on it uh, that agreed? <laughs> I don't know. So, but that's, that's the media messaging there. So, um, so, but, but number two on that, you know, this infrastructure deal is supposedly this huge win, but it's, it's been coming in a sea of just disasters uh, for President Biden. And uh, including just the, this the recent headline this morning that he was looking at shutting down another pipeline. This is as gas is approaching three and a half, four dollars a gallon in some places, 
and uh, people are really getting hurt uh, in their wallets and on the economy, inflation starting to go up. We've got shipping problems. I mean, people can see on the shelves that the shelves are half empty. It's looking like uh, the Soviet Union out there in a lot of places around America, and that's got people alarmed. And then uh, as winter approaches, you have him floating ideas like, hey, let's just shut down some more pipelines. So <laughs> uh, it's no surprise that these poll numbers are going down, guys. But um, uh, number three, why does it matter? I, I just think it's going to be very interesting to see where things after the dust settles, where it all ends up as far as who's running, who's not going to be running, um, as far as Biden and Trump. CBN's David Brody interviewed President, former President Trump a few weeks ago, and he, he David Brody afterwards said he really thought Trump will run. Uh, so for obvious reasons, um, the future of the country and the political discourse, those decisions right there are going to really dictate a lot of <laughs> the next four to eight years of our lives. Well, yeah, I mean, this is a this is a major. No matter what Trump decides, this is about cash. They're bring they're trying to bring cash in, right, for the midterms and yeah. for the future and for PACs and all that other all that other stuff. So, a lot of what they what they're saying and what Trump is saying right now, I believe, is tied to that. Probably, I would assume that you know the ability to bring in money, and they've been very successful bringing in that money. I would assume. I mean, listen, you had a dynamic where he would call. Joe Biden, Sleepy Joe. He had all those nicknames for him. And you have a dynamic where, you know, the the president is not this exuberant force who's out there saying things and invigorating people. He almost feels, I think, in some circles like that title, right? And then you have this very exuberant president who says a lot of things and gets himself into trouble sometimes. The dynamics between the two of them couldn't be further apart. And it does make you wonder if he were to run, would he then have an, a much easier time than he did in the past? You know, he never won the popular vote either time. Yeah, you know, obviously the second time he didn't and he didn't get the electoral college, but could he get the popular vote if things continue on that trajectory that you just described? And just one final thing here, Kamala Harris is polling even worse. So if she were their hope for a candidate after Biden I don't know. I mean, I think that that's a major problem for the Democrats as well. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's what I was thinking. Her approval rating, according to that same poll, is 28 percent. Um, and she's hardly in the media like they keep her out of the media, presumably for that reason, because she's not popular. Uh, and she, and even still, her approval rating is at 28 uh, percent. So, you know, I think the the more we move in this direction politically, um, and the the further along the Biden administration gets in its plan, uh, the more I think it's it's creating um, uh, a good a good it's laying the groundwork for a good run potentially for Trump because the Democrats are already showing to to not really pay attention uh, to to the temperature of the country. They're not learning any of their any of their lessons uh, about anything. I mean the the takeaway from the Virginia gubernatorial race was. We weren't far left enough, so right. we need to be even more leftist or uh, into uh, the myriad other races. Well, the reason that Republicans lost is because the Democrats haven't delivered on this enormous, enormous, enormous build back better package. So we just need to shove it through and then everybody will vote for us. Whereas the lesson is probably they don't like the direction you're trying to take the country. Nobody asked for this enormous bill. So maybe, you know, do a little bit of reflection and 
pare it down a little bit, but that's not the lesson that's being uh, that's being learned by anybody. So I think th- if they want to continue going down this direction of becoming increasingly progressive, and that seems to be Biden's goal is to, to go down as like one of the most progressive administrations, <laughs> uh, like if they want to keep going down that path, I think it's only going to lay the groundwork for a resurgence of, if not Trump, uh, a Trump-esque uh, agenda. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's going to be interesting to watch it all shake out. We'll certainly uh, update any uh, new information on that front as it comes in, uh, of course, here on uh, CBN and Faithwire. All right. So story number two is uh, the continuing Chris Pratt saga that should not be. Um, so for those who, who don't know, uh, which you probably do by now, uh, but last week he posted on Instagram uh, a picture of he and his wife, his wife, uh, Catherine Schwarzenegger, is looking at him. Uh, and he, he talked about, he, he make, gave her several compliments uh, and oh. then kind of joked about how he doesn't do anything except for maybe <laughs> open a jar of pickles here and there, which was dismissed as him being sexist. Sexist, uh, and, and propping up the patriarchy, but the, you know the the crux of the criticism uh, was that he said that he is grateful uh, that Catherine, his now wife, gave him a healthy daughter. The two of them share a healthy daughter, and people said that that was a cruel, uh, if not subtle, jab at his former wife, uh, Anna Ferris, and the son they share, Jack, who was born prematurely and had uh, has had a litany of health issues. Uh, of course, if you remember back in 2016, 2017, um, Pratt praised God for Jack's you know health now and his, his survival. And he said that prayer, he credited prayer as the reason that he survived and is doing well. Uh, so one, why would any father say anything that was intentionally supposed to be cruel to his own son? Uh, and two, there's there's like receipts, there's documented proof that that is not how uh, Chris Pratt thinks of his kids, uh, you know. So anyway, all of the backlash was just completely ridiculous. Uh, and uh, he responded late last week uh, on his Instagram story saying that it left him depressed and upset um, but that he decided that he needed to go on a run uh, and just kind of turn off all this social media, get away from everything, uh, and just listen to some worship music. Uh, and he said he initially did not want to do that, uh, but he knew it was the right thing to do, so he just bit the bullet and he did it. And he said it felt amazing. He said God was right there next to me uh, when he was running. He said, it felt like there was another in the fire standing next to me. That moment really captured me. And so I just want to say all glory to God. He went on to say, get some exercise, maybe listen to some good worship music and or maybe get uh, get in the word uh, because it really helped me this morning. Um, so he admitted he's feeling a whole lot better now that he's kind of reoriented and reprioritized uh, after backlash that was just completely senseless like he did he did nothing so number two here uh something that that's that's interesting is that his uh mother-in-law maria shriver uh she commented on the instagram post and came to came to her son-in-law's defense she wrote i want to remind you today what a good man you are and what a great father you are to jack and lila uh, what a great husband you are to Catherine, what a great son-in-law you are to me, and what a great sense of humor you have. Rise above the noise, she said. Your family loves you. What a beautiful life. I'm proud of you. Um, so, you know, just good responses, but just a crazy story. I think why it matters is the fact that it shouldn't be a story, yeah. right, guys? Like, this should not be uh, a story at all. It just shows that there are so many people uh, who are, you know, 
on social media just trolling and then the media unfortunately picks up on it all too often and they drum up a controversy that doesn't exist and they try to spark division within a family that shouldn't be there when they're already dealing with the dynamics of of having a kid from a previous marriage a kid who had health issues and uh, all of it I think hinges on the fact that he's a Christian we talked about this last week we wouldn't make these awful assumptions about Chris Pratt I don't think uh, if if it wasn't the fact that he's a Christian somebody in the media are just skeptical of anybody who's a Christian uh, so, you know, I, I, I think a lot of it boils down to that. I might be cynical, but I think that's I think that's probably at the center of all the backlash against him. No, I, I agree. And what great responses, right? His response yeah. was amazing. His mother-in-law's response was incredible. And you have an option to either respond or not respond. And a lot of people would choose not to. But I think in this circumstance, it was almost so horrific that you almost mm-hmm. feel the need as a family member of that person to be like, you know what? keep your head up. These people are jerks, which is what she said in a nice way. Yeah. 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 And I look at this point, if I'm Chris Pratt, if I'm a, if I'm a celebrity, I don't even know why you are on social media. It just seems like nothing. There's no upside. Like Chris Pratt is already an A-list Hollywood celebrity. He does not. It's not like you're some random um, schmo out there who gets a lot of action from your social media and that's kind of what got you noticed, et cetera, et cetera. And that's where you're following is you're Chris Pratt. You, you don't need to be tweeting or Instagramming, right? Like it's nice <laughs> that he does it, but I mean, it just seems like at some point I just get off the thing entirely. Nothing good ever comes on Twitter. Either someone gets in trouble, they say something that others don't like, and then they just go after him. I mean, am I, I might be alone on this, but I mean, I think you reach a point where you just, it's just better to get off the stuff. Mm. Yeah, no, I I agree completely. And I think too, um, that the the bigger limelight you have, and particularly if you're a Christian, uh, and you become more and more comfortable talking about it and talking about your faith. Look, yeah. there's it's a there's there's two sides to this coin. Like it's great that you're uh, open to talk about it. Obviously, we're we're thankful for that. So it's good to have the platform for that purpose. But you just have to be prepared and and also put in some some layers to distance yourself from social media because like if I was a famous person there would be no way I would want to be reading my social media it's like I'm going to put this out but then I'm not going to deal with the toxicity that comes from it because like you said Dan it's just there's not a whole lot of upside um you know, but you just have to dismiss the media because I think the the vast majority of people, not the people who are on Twitter and not the people people over at like the Daily Dot or whatever, <laughs> right. like the regular everyday Americans, they take the stuff that Chris Pratt says and they enjoy it. And the vast majority of people, I think, when you say, "Did you see the controversy about the about Chris Pratt?" Like, what are you talking about? Right. I just saw his movie. It was great. <laughs> well, or or they follow him, like you were saying, and and they're grateful for it. They love the things yes, he's saying. Yeah. This boils down to people in the media not understanding understanding people of faith, not understanding faith, resenting it secretly and allowing it to permeate and bubble over in their lives and in, in their coverage. And that's what we repeatedly see. Had he been at a Planned Parenthood fundraiser, I'm sure everybody would have been overjoyed <laughs> right. uh, with, and, and writing glowing stories about how he loves his daughter. But no, they, you know, he was, he was just, you know, talking about how he met his wife in church and that just, you know, triggered everyone. Yeah. 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 It's a, it's a sad state of affairs, but, uh, Look, Chris, if you and if you do delete your your social media accounts, Chris, you always always can come over here and you have a voice anytime you want a on home, CBN a and Faith. You have a home, a home. absolutely, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Our door's always open. Our door is always open. 
Well, I feel like that brings us naturally to our, our next story, which you know, we've talked a lot about cancellation, a lot about wokeness. I want to just, before we get into the story, give the description. This is the Merriam-Webster definition of woke, just so everybody knows. <laughs> it's, in the, it means, it's in the dictionary now. I didn't know it that. It is. It All is right. in the dictionary now. Now, it says chiefly U.S. slang, so they know that it's U.S. slang, but the first entry says, aware of and actively attentive to important facts and issues especially issues of racial and social justice. Now, that's the that's the definition, although I think most people have a little bit of a different definition of what this means. And that brings us to our story about former George W. Bush advisor Matthew Dowd. Now, Matthew Dowd, what's so interesting about him is he actually worked for Bush um, during both of his wins. He was really kind of the chief architect of the second of the 2004 um, successful presidential run. And now he was he was formerly a Democrat, was impressed with Bush, became a Republican, and now he is running as a Democrat in a bid to try and become Texas's lieutenant governor. So that's a that's an uphill battle for him. But he's been talking about faith. He I believe he's Catholic. He's a churchgoer. And he tweeted some things on Sunday. And I want to just I want to read you a portion of it and then we'll unpack it a little bit more. But he said, if Jesus were here today, he would be accused of being woke. Now, I mean, Jesus is technically still with us and, you know, he ascended. He's, <laughs> he is here today. I think he means if he was walking right, around right. with us today on earth. Yeah. Um, on earth, he would be accused of being woke. Now, he said he came to this realization while sitting in church on Sunday, which that part made me. He's just sitting in church thinking about <laughs> how Jesus would be you know, called woke if he were around today. And he went on to say, quote, how about we just say it is human decency to treat all with respect and dignity and that it is constitutional to say all men and women are equal. And yeah, it's interesting because that part of what he's saying, I think most people agree with. Most yeah. pe- everybody on both sides of the aisle agrees in human decency. It agrees that men and women were created equally and believes in the Constitution. But see, this tweet sparked a whole bunch of outrage and reaction. And so he really wasn't done there, though, because that was you know, midday on Sunday. On Monday, he came back because there was quite a bit of reaction to that tweet. And he had some things to say about the political and theological inclinations of people on the on the right. And he seemed to be speaking about people on the far right. And he said, what is unreal is many on the Christian, and he put Christian in quotes, way right, think they own what it means to be a person of faith or a follower of Jesus. And when those of us who are Christian speak out with a different message based on the loving way of Jesus, they get so nasty and cruel. And he then said something, and I think this is interesting, and and we'll unpack it after we go through the details here, but he said, as I have said for many years, if your ideology and dogma pushes you to define your faith and patriotism by whom you hate, well, you might want to take a close look at whether you are a person of faith or a patriot. And so, so that was interesting. Now, Point number two, this is this issue of wokeness. It's not just emerging. We know that in culture it's been happening, but we've specifically seen this boil up over the past week within the Democratic Party. You had James Carville really basically looking at the election and looking at Virginia and saying it was, quote, stupid wokeness that made things go off the rails. Now, AOC and others have responded to Carville, and we're not really sure if Dowd is responding here, although it seems like he is because lots of people in the Democratic Party are they're they're responding to this and we know what Carvel is talking about here he's talking about some of the crazy things that are happening in culture as a result of people trying to make the past right and so we covered that we looked at that but we i think this is going to be a big big narrative and here's why it matters 
as we get towards next year, just like you said, Dan, we're a year away from the midterms. This issue of wokeness, if it is hurting the Democrats, it is very likely, in light of what you said, Trey, as well, to continue to hurt them and to metastasize because lessons are not being learned. And Carvel has been around the block. If he's saying this is hurting the Democrats, he has data to back that. And so we're going to see that, I think, continue to unfold. And that internal battle over how to handle these issues, I think, is going to heat up as time goes on. What, what do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think it's going to keep uh, escalating. I think that's going to only get uh, more and more amplified. And, um, man, I, I just uh, I'm, I'm still just marinating on this idea that Jesus would be <laughs> would be would be accused of being woke because I don't want to just dismiss it because I do think that Jesus always gives the unconventional answer, right? The people who say, oh, Jesus would be a socialist. And no, uh, but I think people on the right that just assume Jesus would be like, hey, you guys are nailing it. Um, you know, I don't think I don't think that would be the case either. So I feel like Jesus would be, um, you know, something completely different. Right. Um, and maybe he would be accused of 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 that. I don't know. Um, so uh, I, so I don't want to dismiss it completely, but um you know, it's uh, it's certainly an interesting way to look at it that I that I definitely wouldn't have thought of. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's kind of funny when you hear someone who's kind of attacking the quote unquote Christian way. Right. As he says. Yeah. Um, and for being too, too dogmatic about their faith. Right. Well, it's like, well, this is the man who's sitting in church thinking about how can I pigeonhole Jesus to make a political point like like pot meat kettle I think you're doing the exact same thing you're just doing it in in the flip uh, the flip direction so yeah I think and and also it helps and it helps people on both sides of the aisle uh, with the word woke and like CRT because these are kind of like they've become have become catch-alls because they're not something that we necessarily understand so with uh, with crt like the way that it's used is the we a lot of conservatives obviously like in loudon county which has been the epicenter of it in virginia uh, they'll talk about crt uh, and then because it's something that's kind of nebulous it's not totally defined clearly for everybody to understand then the left can say well crt has never been taught in schools it's never it's not really a thing um so you know whenever we use these words like that uh, it's easy then to to make whatever kind of political point you want and he you know dowd knew he was going to get the reaction they wanted he could say woke jesus was was woke and he'll get the praise from the left and he'll get the scorn from the right because both sides are defining the word completely differently. Uh, and, and he knows, he knows that. Um, so it's, it, it's kind of frustrating to see. It's like, okay. I mean, you know, there, there's some hypocrisy in the point that you're trying to make here. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, look, this, this is a guy who's treading lightly in some ways too, right? When you look at that tweet, he's talking about things that everyone would agree with. He's trying to win right. a very hard to win, you know, race in Texas as a Democrat. And so that's, that's a tough thing to do at the state level there. And again, it's an uphill battle for him. So I think he's treading lightly on what he means here, but I am certain he knows what the definition of woke is in the minds of Carvel <laughs> and others who are concerned yeah, about yeah. it. Yeah. You know, there's no way he doesn't yes. know that. So I think that it's almost a little, yeah, look, I don't want to judge his heart. I don't know, but it's a little almost disingenuous to sort of frame mm-hmm. it that way as though people don't want equal rights for men and, and women and people, you know, are, are walking around on the right thinking these things. That's not the mainstream view. And, and he would know that I would imagine. Yeah. 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 I mean, and it's, it's also not the mainstream view, right? That 
all conservatives are like the proud boys. Like it's just right. frustrating too to see that. Like when he mentions the way right, his suggestion is like that they make up the majority of the right. By the way, right? Uh, it's like not really at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, These stereotypes. Yeah. Well, our prayers yeah. to him as he tries to, as you said, Billy, win <laughs> a uh, race as a Democrat there uh, in Texas. So uh, our thoughts and prayers uh, certainly with him on that. <laughs> on that. Uh, all right. So hey, I wanted to run through a couple headlines. Um, before we head out of here for the day, uh, Billy, over on faithwire.com, Trey, you've got the article here. He wanted to kill uh, this pastor tackles a gunman who just stood up in church and just started waving a gun around and, uh, he tackles him. I mean, what a move. I mean, the, the whole story, I mean, the whole video, you can literally watch what happened. I mean, the guy just stood up from the pew, pulled out a gun, started waving it around and told everybody to stand up. And the pastor explained in an interview that he saw a door behind the gunman. So he acted as if he was going to go out that door. Once he was out of the line of sight of the gunman, he then literally just lunged at him and tackled him to the ground before he could shoot anybody. So crazy story. Go read all of his comments and watch the the full um, video of it because it's unbelievable, but yeah. an incredible outcome. And he gives all credit to God. I mean, do you guys do you guys do do you guys do that? I mean, I, I have a full confession here, guys. I'm, I'm interested in your reaction. Like I maybe it's because I'm in news and I read too many crazy news stories. But there are times where I look around and I pull a Jason Bourne and I'm like, OK, if someone comes in this door with something, I guess I could <laughs> I could get my family over here. I could maybe try to like I'm sitting there like thinking of these things sometimes. And um, I think it's because of all the news I see. But th- this actually happened, that scenario. And I still don't know if I would do what this guy did. Would you guys would you guys what would you do? I don't I mean, you're taking your life in your hands. He sounded really confident mm-hmm. after the fact when he was being interviewed, like I, God had this, God had us. And <laughs> right. it's like, Oh gosh, I, you know, I don't, I don't know, but I do, I do what you said, like, especially in a movie theater, which I haven't been to one in a long time, but okay, where's the exit because of all the movie theater, <laughs> you know, stories that we've covered and there aren't even yeah. a lot of them, but like one is enough, right? right. Like, okay. The exit's there. <laughs> I can plan it out. Uh, but, but, you know, I think um, he seemed very confident. Would I jump on somebody from behind? I would hope I'd be that brave, but I think it's really hard to say for sure that I would be. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think it would be on un- anyone who has, who has seen me, I'm a small man. So I, <laughs> I just think I would, <laughs> I don't know that I would do any good you know just right. jump, jumping on his back. So I think it, it would be best if I stayed out of the way and let yeah. the larger guys yeah. do it. But, well, uh, you know, I, I assume though, if I was married and certainly if I had kids, right. like, but I, like I do do what y'all do as far as like looking for my exits and saying, where could I get people if something were to happen? I do that in movie theaters. Like you said, Billy, all the time. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Yeah, and I think there's something that comes out when you're a parent, as the two of y'all know better than I I do, obviously, uh, that like your 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 priorities shift. So it makes sense that you would want to do everything you can. Yeah, yeah, and Trey, it's funny because you made me think of the. Um, do you guys remember that story? It's from a few years ago. It was a councilman or a school board member, something like that, and some guy who was angry came in with a gun and he shoots at the guy point blank, and it just misses him, and then they end up you know arresting the guy. The cops come in and they take him down. Um, but, but he, but, but the councilman says, you know, that obviously God was there because he was point blank. He was 10 feet from me and he missed. And, um, but if you watch that whole video, Trey, there was an old lady, a sweet old lady. And so this, this, this guy's huge. I mean, he's probably six, eight and he's just looks like an, like an offensive lineman. He's a little older, but he's huge. And this 
sweet little lady sees him pull the gun and she's right behind him. And so she's the one that's in like the spot to do something, but she's like 75 years old. And, you know, there's this guy. And so she does try. She actually goes and she like hits him or tries to go down and he just brushes her off. She just falls down to the ground. (laughs) And thankfully he wasn't, you know, out for just killing everyone because she would have been dead. Um, he yeah. was just going to yell at the school board or whatever. Anyway, what a brave old lady. I mean, she what was a, super yeah, brave, but good for her. I feel like Here that's what would happen to me. I would just get shoved down, and the guy would laugh at me and be like, "You idiot!" And then I'd be dead. Well, I could definitely smother somebody if I had to. I just think the question is, do I want to do it? You know, do I want to put myself in that position? Oh my gosh! All so, right, I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm I'm five ten and one hundred and fifty pounds, so it I would have to size up the, the, the size other up the person, defense. right? Right, and then you have to go like full like tactic mode. All right, we're scratching, we're clawing. What can I do here? Let's gouge biting. some eyes out. Biting, yeah, yeah. biting <laughs> all the crazy stuff. Well. All right. All right. Well, we'll, I think we'll leave that there. Let's get some good food for thought to everybody to chew on here as they as they go off for the rest of their day. (laughs) But we'll be back here tomorrow with more news from a Christian perspective. As always, head on over to faithwire.com and cbnnews.com for more. God bless. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Find your exits.